starting a new series today entitled, what did I entitle it? I had, I had about four different, yeah, The Root to Everything. Title of the next four messages is The Root to Everything. The Root to Everything. Subtitle of this message today is Life or Death. Life or Death. The root to everything. The root to everything. The root to every negative, controlling thing in our life. The root to everything is what we're going to talk about over the next four Sundays. Um, I want to start with a verse in Romans chapter 8. If you've never... You've never heard this message or preached this throughout the years. You've never heard this message. I believe it will be a blessing if you have heard it. There's so many, so many more new things that we're adding to this message this time that you'll think, I've never heard this before. So, <clears throat> um, the root to everything. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh or walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. Just look at that. Think about that for a minute. Um. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. There's a a law of the Spirit of life that has defeated the law of the Spirit of death. There's a law of the Spirit of life that has defeated the law of the Spirit of death. And actually, these two worlds are, are... operating and functioning every day around us. The law of the spirit of life that's in Christ and the law of the spirit of death that's in the system of the world. And um, the Bible's real clear about what happened through Jesus Christ in the earth. And what happened in the earth was that Satan was defeated. Satan overcame two innocent human beings in the Garden of Eden, and he deceived them, he lied to them, they gave in, they, they, they really actually misunderstood some things that were said, and through the deception, Satan had control of the earth and mankind, because what God had given to man, he never took back. God's, God doesn't welch on the things that that he promises and when he made a promise it was still true even though man gave up what God gave to them and through the blood of Jesus what happened was that Satan was defeated the Bible says in first John the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil the enemy has been defeated the enemy is and has been defeated I think we sang that song today the enemy has been defeated no we didn't sing that song today but we should have anyway the enemy has been defeated the enemy has been defeated not he will be he's been defeated but in the earth what still operates is that his his source of economy and it's and it's the the law of the spirit of death And the law of the spirit of death is constantly trying to convince humanity that it has power and strength when it's actually done away with. It's been defeated. And what's alive today is the the law of the spirit 
of life that's in Christ Jesus. And you and I have got to understand that day to day because that law, the law of the spirit of death, of sin and death, is working overtime to control your life and to convince you of some things that are not true. And so, on one hand, we have this law of spirit of death in operation. All the negative things in life, you know, you get, you get inundated with all the negativity every day. If you spend any time on television whatsoever, you're inundated with the law of the spirit of death. When you watch, if you watch the nightly news or you watch CNN or Fox News or any of them, you know, every once in a while there's some encouragement and good reports, but most of the reports that you hear confirm that death is winning. Sin is winning. Destruction is winning. You're inundated with it all the time, every day, throughout the whole day. Everywhere you go, people are talking negative things. If you're, you work on a job place or you own a business and you have people around you, most of the time people have negative things to say, especially about other people. Gossip is at its highest level. People gossiping, saying ugly things about other people to make themselves feel better, that, that, it's constant all the time. It's constant. And constantly in your soul, you're battling with what to do. You're choosing, what, what do I do? Do I give in to that? Or do I say something good? Or I say something positive? Do I take authority over these things? And what determines what you do is based on what's in you. And the law of the Spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus is what has to permeate and consume and saturate us in our lives so that we can combat the stuff that's out there. Until the end of the age, until the millennial, the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ, and things are over with, and Satan goes to the pit, and the lid is shut, and everything's over with, until that time, there's opportunities for the enemy to deceive mankind, even though he's defeated. Son of God was manifested to destroy all the works of the enemy, and I'm telling you today, the enemy is defeated, and the only way that the enemy stays alive and well in your life is if you allow him to through a lack of, number one, understanding, number two, a lack of being a doer of the Word and implementing the things that we have a right to. He's liberated. The law of the Spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus and the law of Spirit of death. What we're talking about is the root to every issue. The root to every issue. Death and life. Amen? Galatians chapter 5. I really like this verse. Galatians 5. And verse, um, well, just jump into it. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, back up to verse 18. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are all this stuff, right? All these different things, okay? But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And what he's talking about is the difference here between life and death. You are under one, quote, law or the other. You're under the law of the, uh, of the life of the Spirit that's in Christ Jesus, or you're under the law of sin and death. But he said, the fruit of the Spirit and the things of the Spirit, there is no law. The law of death does not control a person 
who is led by the Spirit, who hears the voice of God, where the Word of God is alive and well and working on the inside of them. There's no law. There's no control. You know, you know what? What that's saying is this. There are no limitations to how much you love. There's no law to how much you can love, how much you can how kind you can be, how long-suffering you can be, how patient you can be. There's no law to that. In other words, you're free to love as much as you want to. We're not in the law. Well, you know, did I do my love enough today? No. No, no, no. I get to love all day long. All day. All day long I get to love and do what's right. All day long. I don't have to do the other. See, there's no law to that. We're not under the thumb of the Holy Spirit. He will not put you under His thumb, but He is there to liberate you and cause you to be free and empower you to do the things that really down inside of you, you want to do. You want to do right. You want to love. You don't want to hate. You don't want to be a gossip. You don't want to talk ugly about other people. You really don't want to do that. Because written on the tablets of everybody's heart are the laws of God, the truth of God, the understanding of God. It's on the inside of us. But there are roots, there are roots in our lives that have got connected to who we really are, and and those roots try to choke out and lie to us and tell us things that are not true. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about those roots and how to uproot in a natural way. If you've ever tried to uproot anything, except for cedar trees, <laughs> most things have deep, 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 deep roots. And to uproot is very difficult. To uproot so, that the, so whatever it is that you're taking up doesn't grow back is very difficult. There are ways to do it. There are ways to get to the root and kill the root and, and, and cause the root to either be removed or to disintegrate. There's ways to do that. There's ways in the kingdom to get to the root and cause what is controlling in areas of our life that are trying to destroy us and to deceive us. There's ways to get to the root and get those removed or for those roots to be disintegrated. There's ways to do it. And that's what we're looking at today. So, go with me to Hebrews 2, and this will be one of our foundation scriptures for the next few messages. Hebrews 2. And let's just start with verse um, 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood... He himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power or the authority of death, that is the devil. He who? He, Jesus. In other words, the Father sent the best of heaven. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have what? Everlasting life. Right? The law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus is what has been delivered to you and I. We have to learn to receive it and apply it. And as it's received and applied, what what it does is it goes to disintegrate certain roots that want to control our thinking. Because I'll just tell you this today. You can be born again spiritually. You can accept Jesus, but live, live in hell on the earth. Why? Because of our thinking. You're ever living every day to be saved soulishly. Every day you're being saved, the Bible says. You're being saved in your mind. Every day. You know, the Bible says that a day is a thousand years to God. And and what that means is God's not on a 24-hour scale. He doesn't judge things and appropriate things 24 hours. He appropriates them uh, a thousand years. A day is like a thousand years to God. So God just is. He just is doing things in us. And He wants you and I to be liberated in our thinking. And that's why He wants you to be so aware today 
of the things that need to change and the roots that want to control your life so that you allow the Word to disintegrate those. He wants you to be aware of that today and in our tomorrow, but He's already in tomorrow, so He wants you to already just be that way so that when you enter into tomorrow where He already is, it's already working. And it just keeps working. And things just keep getting better and stronger. So that our physical bodies get stronger, our marriages get stronger, you know, our finances develop and increase in our life, our, our attitude toward other people, our ability to love people and not have to, not, not, not have to you know, be where we demand our rights or, or we try to justify our position. We, we, we don't want to be in those places. We want the Word disintegrating the roots to issues that keep us from being in control and on top of situations, and the root to everything is what this next verse says. For indeed, He does not give aid to angels. He does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things... This isn't the verse of Scripture I wanted... Oh, I, didn't, I just didn't read down far enough. Um, verse 17. Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation. You know, you know what? Just stop. Go back to verse 14. I, I, my, my mind is going ahead of what I was saying. Go back to verse 14. Ready? <laughs> Here we go. Inasmuch then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Verse 15 is what I was looking for, and I started with verse 16. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, I... I got off on that, and I don't want you to lose where we're at, okay? What are we talking about? The root to everything. The root to everything. And what is it? It's fear. Fear is the root to every issue that every human being has on the planet. Fear. That's, it's, it's either directly or indirectly related to everything that you face. Every obstacle, every, everything that is against you, that's what you face is fear in one form or another. There's all types of fear. There's the fear of man. There's the fear of lack. There's the fear of failure. There's, there's just hundreds of different types of fear, but they're all related to the main source. It's what the enemy put on mankind back in the garden, and that fear was that God wasn't enough. That fear has always been that God's promises are not enough. I'm telling you today, His promises are not only enough, but they're more than enough. What, what I was talking about when I was, when I was talking about this in the offering earlier, those three, those three passages of Scripture that describe how that God lives in the nature of God, that He owns the cattle on a thousand hill and everything else, that the silver and the gold is His, that the earth is His and the fullness and all the people and everything, it's all His. You and I have to begin to see ourselves connected to Him, that He's our Daddy. We're His children. We have a right to everything that He said we have a right to, but for His purposes and for His plan. It's not just, it's not just about being rich because the world has this perverted idea of what rich is about and God has a totally different idea. You realize God wants you to be blessed and to enjoy yourself. He wants you to enjoy the earth that is His. He created it that way. But His prized possession on planet earth is people. And the reason that people don't grow, they don't increase, they don't come out of the control that these roots have on them is because of fear. And right here in this passage, 
It says that he, in verse 14, the last part of it, that he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. Now, the word death right there, I looked at, I, I, I studied it out years ago. The word death there in, in the Greek, that word death, is not the word that you would think of as ceasing to exist. That word death there is destruction. He said, those who through fear of being destroyed were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And I want to say it like this, because I believe this, is the, this describes really what this is talking about right here. Those who through fear that the devil was bigger and stronger than God, those that through fear that God would not do or accomplish what he said he could accomplish, that what things look like are more real than what we know in our heart, those who through fear of destruction and separation from God were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You know what? We stay in that place of bondage if we do not allow our minds daily to be renewed to the truth. We stay in that place of bondage of, of believing that situations and circumstances that we don't like about our lives will never change because God's not big enough. What has a hold of my life today and what is controlling my life today is more real and stronger than the promise in God's Word that says, if I do this, this is what happens. Oh yeah, I read that, but it just sounds too good to be true. Yeah, I read that, but you don't know the situation that I am. Yeah, I read that, but you're not up against the battle that I'm up against. You don't know how my husband or my wife are doing this. You don't know about my financial situation. Yeah, but you don't know physically what I'm up against. No, I don't. But in the passage that we're reading right here, in verse 18 it says, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he's able to aid those who are tempted. I don't know, but I promise you he does. He was tempted and tested at all points, without sin, able in life to come to the aid of those that are tempted and tested. And I promise you, every day, temptings and testings come your way. Stuff comes at you. Battles within your soul you deal with on a daily basis. It's natural. We live in the world. There's no way around it. Okay? But what keeps you in bondage and keeps you out from underneath the blessing and the promises of God working in your life is your thinking. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, that's the way he is. All day long I could tell you I could give you scripture after scripture after scripture and tell you that you're a winner. But let's say from the time you were two years old that you can remember, maybe a parent or people told you you were a loser, you're never going to make it, you're never going to do this, you're never going to accomplish anything in your life. And I promise you, if that was drilled into your soul the day you got born again, that didn't go away. And that root wants to control your life so that everything that you see day to day, everything that you operate in day to day, you see through that loser mentality. When all along, Jesus created you to be a winner. He, called, he created you and I to win. And I'll just tell you this, you can't lose for winning if you just stay with Him. <laughs> you can't lose. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week. But I'm telling you, you stay with Him and you'll win every single time. Because why? Acts 10.34, you go look at this. The Bible says God is no respecter of person. He's a respecter of people that have taken hold of His Word and His promises and they begin to put those to work. It's a process. But fear wants to paralyze you and shut you down and give you, give you this helpless feeling and separate you emotionally from God, feeling like God can never do what He said He could do. I could sit here for the next 15 minutes and I could quote you scriptures that are promises just from the top of my head 
that are promises from God's Word that tell you you're a winner and you're not a loser. I could just rattle off Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. But just the fact that I know I'm up here doesn't change the way I experience it in my life if it's not in here. Right? As a man thinks in his heart, that's the way he is. You can have all kinds of thoughts. Everybody battles with different things. You, you, can, you can have thoughts today that you get free of whatever's causing those thoughts, but six months from now or a year from now, you may get another thought of like that same thing because the devil never lets up. He's faithful. He's a whole lot more faithful than most Christians. He never lets up. He never backs off. He'll come at you, and, and if you defeat him one way, he'll come at you another way. But see, God's got that covered also. When the enemy comes one way, he'll flee before you seven ways. <laughs> I'm telling you, the Word's got us covered at every level. No matter what, we're covered. If we put the Word in our hearts and we allow the Word to dissect and cause to disintegrate roots of fear that want to control why we do what we do. Worst thing you can do is live your life operating through fear and seeing everything through whatever area or issues that fear has controlled your life in the past. Everybody's got a past. Uh, anybody not have a past? Okay. Everybody's got a past. Everybody's come from somewhere. Everybody's got issues from whatever past or stuff that you have to deal with. So we're all in the same boat. It's just our boats or our issues in the boat look a little different. But I'm just telling you today, if he was tempted and tested at all points yet without sin and he's able to come to your aid, then he's able to come to your aid. Right? He didn't just say that. He said, I'm able to aid you to help you. The Holy Spirit, the helper, is there to help us. He's not there to do it for us, but he's there to help us to overcome and get on top of situations that we face. We don't have to lose ever. Amen? Ever. So, that, is, that he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. All their lifetime they were subject to bondage through, what? through the fear of death. And I just want to say this again before we move on. The fear of death or destruction or separation is the thing that controls most people's lives. And many of you that are even sitting here today with me, right here, and listening to me, the fear that is attached to separation is a deeper fear than what anybody has a clue. If you've ever felt alone, if you've ever felt like somebody wasn't there for you, if you've, if you've ever felt that way, that's what the, that spirit of separation is all about, that spirit of fear. And in 2 Timothy, look at this verse. I just, just got to stay on this point just for a second. In uh, oh no, I'm in Hebrews. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. He says, therefore I, re I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. God has not given you a spirit of fear. So, what's, what's attached to fear is a spirit. It's like the legs and the hands and the feet. Fear in itself just sits there, but attached to a demonic spirit, it has legs. And it will operate and it will move. And, and it, 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 it's motivated to, to accomplish specific things. But that hasn't come from God. God has not given you a spirit of fear. And if God hasn't given it to you, then today... 
I'm telling you, you don't have to receive it. Say it. I don't receive it. If God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, then you don't have to receive it. But what has God given you? He's given you the spirit. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound and a well-balanced mind. That's what He's given you. That right there in itself is what you and I have to be receiving. Because what will disintegrate the spirit of fear or the effects of fear in your life and the roots that that fear has, has established, and, then, and I'm telling you, the roots of fear are established. Just like, a, just like a really old, huge oak tree with deep roots. That's the way the spirit of fear is in most people's lives because it's never been addressed. People don't know how to address the spirit of fear. Well, I'm just going to try not to be afraid. It ain't going to work. Will not work. You will be afraid. Well, I'm just going to do my best. No, 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 no. I'm about doing your best. Your best will fail. Hmm? No, it's through the spirit of power and authority that has been given to me through the blood of Jesus. Right? The spirit of power and the spirit of what? What's the next thing? Love. The spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound and a well-balanced mind. There's a spirit from God that's attached to balancing your mind, renewing your mind, and giving you the ability to overcome situations. I'll just tell you this. The ability to love is not within yourself. The ability to love is knowing how much God loves you. And the more you understand how much that He loves you, you're able to turn that around and affect the lives of other people around you. And many times, many times, where God's going to demand you to love is with unlovely people. Because the Bible says, what profit is it if you love people that love you? People do good to you, you do good to them. Okay, we just play the little game. No, no, no. No, what really matters is that we get involved in loving people that are unlovely. People that have issues. People that maybe treat you in a negative way. Well, that, that's at a whole nother level than most Christians have ever dealt with. Well, you know, I'm not going to act that way and be that way, and I'm not going to do that, and they did this to me, and yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to treat this person or that person in a good way because of what they've done to me. Well, <clears throat> the issue is, the issue with all of this kind of stuff right here has to do with what the Word is doing to grow you up and disintegrate those roots of fear and as the roots of fear are being disintegrated in your life, it opens your eyes to begin to see things that you would have never thought before. When you can love someone you thought you never could love, when you can step out and forgive somebody that's hurt you or done something to you, and you can really do it, it's because the Word is disintegrating what fear has said there's no way I can do. Oh, there's no way I can love that person. There's no way I can... I can turn the tables on this situation there's no way that you know it, it's all it's all on them it's all their responsibility and if they ever do it then I will you're gonna you wait until hell freezes over for people to do what's right I can't tell you how many people today I'm just saying this in general I can't tell you how many people today that I know because of right things that I've done it's affected their lives in a positive way to make changes that's how people change they see examples of people that do what's right. Right's tough. And I'll tell you this, right can be lonely. If you were, if you were in a boat, if you were in a kayak going one way in the river and 99 other kayaks were coming right at you, you'd feel a little lonely, a little outnumbered, a little whatever. And especially if they were all flowing downstream and you were flowing upstream. And a lot of times, that's what doing right feels like. That's what stepping out and loving somebody and forgiving somebody feels like. Feel like you're flowing upstream all by yourself in a one-man kayak, and it's all you can do. But the awesome thing about that is, when you do it and you do feel like it's just you in the kayak... All of a sudden, as you actually do it, all of a sudden, the kayak goes, choo-choo. 
And what begins to be revealed to you is Jesus in the kayak with you. Come on, we can do this. We can do it. And then when your life's affected someone else, and then all of a sudden, one day you wake up and you're in a 900-man kayak. And now all the people that were flowing this way are turning around following you because now you're the end thing. Because now it's popular to love and to forgive and do what's right instead of just flowing with everybody else. Yeah, it's got to be right. They've said it on CNN. Huh? People believe that all the time. Well, you know, it was in the news. It was in the paper. I just saw it. Headline. This person did this. You want people to believe Something about you in the headlines? I don't know about you. I don't want people believing crap about me. What are you going to practice day to day? You can believe the best in people? You know what the Bible says that love does? Not you, love. Not you and I, love. Love believes the best of all people at all times. It hopes and endures to the end of everything. And love never fails. Well, we have to develop that thing. And you won't develop love when you're in fear. You won't develop kindness when you're in fear. Well, if I'm kind to them, what are they going to do to me? Who cares? Well, they could take advantage of me. They will. They will. But nobody will ever get the upper hand on God. And if I'm doing what God says, then I'm connected to Him. and Nobody will ever get the upper hand on me. It may look like it. <laughs> it might look like they're winning. But in the end, never. Because right always wins. That's what the Bible tells me. Right always wins. Always. So if God hasn't given you fear, then do you have to take it? Do you have to take it? You don't have to. You can, but you don't have to. You don't have to take fear. You have to put up with it. But what he has given you, if you don't receive it, then by default, you'll walk in fear. He's given you power and love and a sound and a well-balanced mind, but he's given you the spirit of it. And where is that spirit? Same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives on the inside of me. So there is power and love and a sound mind. It's already there. All I have to do is exercise it, practice it, and develop it. And there's no end. There's no end. Ooh, there's no end. No end. Mm, mm, mm. No end. So, last 14 verses? No. Last couple of passages right here, and we're done. Till next week. First John uh, four seventeen. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. Did it say this? There is not much fear in love. No, it said there's no fear. For perfect love cast out fear. Because fear involves torment or punishment. So, there's two fears that the Bible talks about. Well, there's a number of them, but there's two main fears that the Bible talks about. Fear that is torment, and then fear that is reverence. And the fear that torments is the one that holds you in bondage. The fear that is reverence of God, the fear of the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs 1, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. It's the beginning of it. And that fear, that fear reveals. 
That fear is in a state of revelation and revealing to you the nature of God, how God operates, how He lives, the way He, the way he functions, and the way He created you to function. That is constantly revealed to you in the fear of the Lord. But the fear that we were talking about earlier, the fear of death or the fear of bondage, is that fear that God can't do what He said He would do. And when we begin to realize that that thing is against us, all we have to do is connect with the fact that it's against us, and let's start making the change today. Let's rid ourselves of this fear. God can't do what He said and believe that God can do, and He's already done, and now I can do all things through Christ who is my strength, right? I can love, I can forgive, I can do all that fear tries to tell me that I can't do. I can't get rid of that unforgiveness because i got to protect myself. You don't have to protect yourself from anything. I can tell you right now, it's not worked. Anybody ever lived in the fullness of God in unforgiveness? Man, you're just joyous all the time. I mean, you just, you know, you scratch yourself about how great every day is of your life in unforgiveness. Not. Anybody that tell me that is a liar. Because unforgiveness is attached to fear, and fear involves torment and punishment. And I mean, it riddles and punishes you and punishes your soul every day. And if it's punishing your soul, it's punishing your body. And it's punishing people around you. And all along, God's delivered us. He's liberated us. He's set us free. And as a result of it, not only am I, am I free from fear, but if I'm free from fear, I'm free from sickness. I'm free from disease. I'm free from poverty. I'm free from oppression. I'm free from everything. Amen? I'm liberated from everything. So God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but He's given me power, love, and a sound, well-balanced mind so I can walk into every day realizing, okay, my mind's feeling a little out of balance. Ah, but God's given me a balanced mind. Oh, yeah. Man, I feel a little weak and powerless. Oh, but God's given me power. And just with your mouth. Just with your words, just with thanks. Get, Father, today I don't, feel, I don't feel strong. I feel a little weak. I feel a little overcome. I feel a little oppressed. I feel a little things like that. But I just thank you. You haven't given me that. That's all tied to fear. And I don't receive that. And today, what I receive is what you've given me. And I thank you for strength. I thank you it's already there. It's not something that I have to go find or create or work hard enough. It's already there. Lord, I receive it. And you know where it comes from? It comes from what he just said. In verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves punishment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And you know, I, I really did think this. I heard somebody teach this about five years ago. And when this person taught it, they had just come out of thinking the way I'm going to tell you that I used to think. And I used to read that passage of Scripture that, well, I'm not loving enough. Hmm? Well, I didn't love Fabian enough this week, so I'm not perfected in love. See, well, I didn't love my wife enough this week, so I'm not perfected in love. I'm not, I'm not doing enough love. I'm not living in, in, in that perfection of what love is. But that's not what he's saying. So it's not perfected in knowing how much God loves me. And when I heard that, when I heard this person say this about five years ago, it just transformed my, my whole thinking. Man, I, I was laboring to get something that was already given to me. That's the point I want to make today. See, the power and the love and the sound mind has already been given to you. It's not something you have to work towards. It's something you've got to receive and then walk it out. Just walk it out. I've been given this power and love because God loved me so much that He gave it to me. Remember in Hebrews 2? Deliver those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage and He created a release to us so that we could walk in the life and the truth of God. So no more are you and I in bondage. Say this after me. Bondage is not a part of my life anymore. No bondage, no fear of death, 
because of what's already been given to me. God loved me so much that he gave me everything that heaven had. So that spirit attached to that spirit of love and that spirit of power and that spirit of a sound and a well-balanced mind is the ability to live that way. Not just talk about it, but to live that way. You and I can live like that. We can live that way every day and experience it every day from situation to situation. If it was easy to do that, everybody would be doing it. If this was easy, it would have already been perfected, and we wouldn't even be teaching it right now. But it's not easy. But it's rewarding. And it's free. Everybody like a free deal? It's free. It's absolutely free in the name of Jesus. Amen? So I'm going to end with Proverbs 1. I quoted part of it that I was going to read a little earlier, but I'm going to end with this. Verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom or understanding. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Verse 29. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would have none of my counsel. They despised my every rebuke. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. Oh, what fancies? For the turning away of the simple will slay them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Sounds pretty wicked. But look at verse 33. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and be secure without the fear of evil. Without the fear of death. Without the fear of separation. Who? Whoever listens to him. See, all the other stuff in there, yeah, that happens, and that's what comes. But we don't have to be that, because he's already given us the tools to overcome and to conquer fear, not not just tolerate it and try to cope with it and try to deal with it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, we're going to deal with it, but it's already been defeated and destroyed, and we have the right to overcome. See, whoever listens to me, will dwell safely and will be secure without the fear of evil. Amen? Without being afraid. Without fearing that God can't do what He said He'd do. I don't know about you today. I don't know where you're at in your walk with God. How long you've been born again or not. Sometimes the longer that we're born again, we can get really stale. And you can get fixated on the fact that you're, you know, I know this or I know this or I know something in Scripture or whatever. If you've not been born again for very long, you can hear something like this and sometimes it can kind of feel overwhelming. I'm just telling you, if you've been saved for a long time and if you have got some staleness on the inside or if you've been born again for a short period of time, and some of what we're talking about today may seem overwhelming or almost not true, well, in the natural, it really isn't. Because I promise you, you can go find a hundred people that will tell you that what I shared with you today is a bunch of... But very few people on planet Earth today that can tell you that this is really true and that it works. And I'm not just talking about Christian and non-Christian. I'm talking about lots of Christians. Well, I may forgive them, but I'll never forget. (laughs) And that's the way I was. I had a person in my life, family member in my life, that that's the attitude I had. Okay, I'll forgive them because I have to. You don't have to do anything. I'll never forget what you did to me. And really what they did to me, really wasn't that big of a deal. 
I just thought it was. Because I made my judgment when still about half of my brain wasn't developed yet. And I made that judgment. 12, 13 years old. And it stuck with me. And the devil took advantage of this 13 year old. And he was a bully. And everywhere I went, everything I saw was, you're going to get me. So I'm going to protect myself. I lived that way for a long time. And I got born again when I was about 18 years old. And I lived that way after that for a long time until I got this revelation. And I'm one of the guys today that can tell you that this is real. And you either are or need to be one of those. And it's free. It's already been given to you. You don't have to take those fear thoughts, but you have to practice replacing the fear thoughts and the fear actions with now right thoughts and God thoughts and not just good thoughts but God thoughts and replacing the God thoughts with God actions and just stay with it and even when it seems like it's not working and when you're in that one man kayak going the opposite direction everybody else is going this way just stay with it and all of a sudden he'll appear there to you he's already there but he'll appear to you and you'll realize you're not doing it on your own. And all of a sudden, you, you, you begin to find other people that are with you and, you, and, and they're standing and we're moving and we're all moving in the same direction and it's, and it's more beneficial to forgive than it is to hold on. And when it seems like there's no way to get that forgiveness, all of a sudden one day you wake up and then you've forgiven. And then if you're supposed to go to the person and ask for forgiveness, you do it. Or whatever it is, because he that listens to him will be free from the fear of evil. Man, glory to God. Come on, let's just thank him. Father, we thank you today.